So I'd like to talk tonight about a number of things. Um, this is one of those talks that's kind of like what my English friends call bits and bobs. <laughs> you know, just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And uh, somehow, I mean, these things start out as uh, discrete uh, points or, or uh, reflections, but then uh, sometimes when it comes all together, you start to see that there's a, something's being woven here, there's a, there's a pattern here. And uh, I think the, some of that is happening here with this particular topic. You know, I wanted to look at uh, what, for want of something uh, different to call it, it's just uh, ways that we tweak our understanding, tweak our practice o- over the years uh, of our practice. You know, I, I find, at least I, I found this in my own life and my own practice, that there's so many things about the Dhamma that you have to sort of figure out yourself. You have to sort them out. You, you take the teachings and you try to see it in your practice and you try to see it in your life and then uh, over the months and years uh, things begin to come together. Uh, and, and so uh, there's, there's a number of these and, and one of them in particular I, I found um, develops very slowly over the years. And, and this is really understanding um, what concentration and what mindfulness are all about as a direct experience. And it's fascinating to explore, and I encourage you to to do this. Uh, um, It's been my experience, though, that it takes years, really, to discover what these uh, conditions or states, uh, moods of the heart and mind actually are. Um, And and here's what what usually happens. You know, we hear this instruction to be mindful, to uh, relax and pay attention to concentrate the mind and and really too quickly the the mind gets full of ideas about what that is you know it, it's like right on the first day of your first meditation retreat you hear this instruction and and like in a finger snap you go yeah I got this okay I know that okay be mindful <laughs> and pay attention and and relax and, and and sometimes we do that way too quickly and when you consider that this is often proceeding from something that we heard on the first day of our first meditation retreat and maybe a little bit thereafter, you, you've got to know that it's not full-blown yet, you know, it's not mature yet. And, and maybe there's a, a, it calls for us to take some time and, and try to find out what it is that we're, we're talking about that. But uh, if we uh, glom onto these ideas early on, then we can really spend the subsequent months and years just uh, practicing in a way so as to become the ideas that we have about what mindfulness and concentration are. You know, it's an amazing phenomenon. I've done it. Most, virtually everybody I've talked to has done it. You may be doing it and may, may not even know it. But just to say at the outset, this is completely understandable. <laughs> You know, in a way, it can't be any other way because this mind is given to forming views and ideas about things. You know, this is part of the, uh, uh, the aggregates, the sanya khanda, where the, the mind forms ideas and, and um, very quickly uh, and, and then uh, gloms onto them, attaches onto them. So it, it's, uh, it's likely that it's going to do this with practice. But it's also coming from very strong um, impulses that are really uh, driven by self-view, to be on top of things, (laughs) to be in control. It's like, I got this, go away, leave me alone, I got it. You know, and thank you very much, I understand. You know, that kind of thing where there's a a very, um, it's kind of an immature impulse to to think that we get things before we do. (laughs) You know, and most of us uh, will admit, I mean, I'll, I'll show my hand, guilty. You know, I certainly do that quite a bit. And we can do it in life, and we can do it in practice. And, and so, but at some point, we want to just pause and evaluate and see if we're actually seeing things clearly. So again, let's back up and see that this is, we're, we're looking not only at the uh, attachment to ideas, but trying to get a sense of how uh, the processes of the mind work. And this sanya khanda is a, is a real trickster, <laughs> you know. It's very subtle, where we have ideas, we have views, we have opinions about things, and uh, they get very solid and, and, and present almost as a reality in very short, short time. We lose this sense of it as being an idea. 
And so, but this is what the mind does. It, it notionalizes, it conceptualizes, and, and it thinks about things. And, and that much, I mean, it's not an indictment, it's not a criticism, you can't help it. <laughs> that's, what, that's the way the mind behaves, it's what it does. But the thing that we want to be on the lookout for is when we um, don't see it doing that, and then we just move into those ideas and they become the world. And so at that point, it's like you've moved out of reality and moved into a, a reflection or relationship or a notion or idea about that reality. So, you know, I, I bring this up as just kind of background because we have to know that we're doing that with meditation. <laughs> you have to know that that's going to be a player in, in this process of trying to sort out uh, the, the, the uh, experiences that we're going for here. So, uh, you know, uh, at, at the very least, we want to consider that possibility that we're doing that. So, um, what if we have ideas about mindfulness and concentration? What if those ideas are what's driving the whole of our practice in many ways and trying to make ourselves become those? You know, and, and uh, what if this uh, tendency, if, there, if this is operational in our practice, you have to know that it's one of the biggest obstacles that we have to uh, jump over, if you will. So, you know, this started to become apparent to me uh, one time when I was meditating at IMS. I was just uh, um, remembering this experience. It goes, goes back a number of years, but there I was in a retreat, and uh, I'm sitting in meditation and doing my level best to practice mindfulness and concentration, like they say. And, you know, the, the bell rings, and um, it's one of those periods where the next place where I have to go is back to my room, you know. And so I paused, and I sat there for a while, and I said, oh, okay, now, let's pull out all the stops, you know. <laughs> let's be really mindful and concentrated in this moving about the the building, because that's a place where one can lose it, right? And so I sat there for a few extra seconds and made this determination. You know, I am going to be so mindful going back to my room. And so I did, and I, I, I slowly stood up and, you know, mindfully turned towards the door and mindfully and in a concentrated way moved through the upper walking room and through the coat room and down the hall a little bit and into the dining hall. And I could see as I was walking through the dining hall, I had this sense out of the corner of my eye of, you know, some people in there, they were walking in meditation or something. And, uh, and, I, and I actually had this thought or this sense that they were looking at me and um, that they were surely thinking if they were looking at me, what a good yogi. <laughs> Will you look at her? She is really in there, man. Look at how mindful she is. You know, and, and, and continued on, walked on to just being very mindful, very concentrated through the Catskills, over the bridge, and uh, into the annex. And when I got to my room, I entered the room and I closed the door behind me and I leaned up against the door and I went, <laughs> And it was so startling. It was such a startling realization. Because uh, my first thought was, well, who have you been practicing for? You know? <laughs> but then on reflection, just kind of looking at what, just, what was that? What just happened? You know? And, and uh, I, I, I sat with it for a while. And I, I realized in hindsight that I had these ideas about what it looks like to be mindful and concentrated. And I was basically playing the part. You know, this is what, this is what you do. And uh, attempting to fool everybody else as well as myself. This is what it, this is, what it is like to be mindful and, and concentrated. This really, really got my attention, you know. And I could see uh, what I was doing with this. And uh, it began an exploration. Okay, now wait a minute. If that's not what mindfulness and concentration is, then what is it? You know, and it was, it was um, I don't know, I like to think of it as kind of like a, an evolutionary leap almost in my practice, just uh, breaking out of the old ways, 
which are attachments to these notions and uh, ideas and trying to become them and, and realizing, as we do through the Buddhist practice, that anything that you're trying to become, you will never realize, <laughs> you know, because you're always in this state of becoming. You know, it's a, you never actually arrive. Uh, and, and so just uh, trying to uh, uh, work with this and, and, and play on this moment that was such an eye-opener for me. You know, just, uh, so, so just to consider, how are you holding it? How, how are you uh, conceiving, perceiving, or experiencing uh, mindfulness and concentration? Um, and, and consider that our ideas about mindfulness and concentration may be one thing, but the actual experience of these may be something altogether different. So, so how do we understand it? And one of the things I realize is that, um, you know, the, the mind tends to make things out of everything. It's an object. Everything's a noun, you know. And, and um, you know, if you're referring to these conditions, mindfulness and concentration, as nouns, as things, then um, they, uh, that's a real setup for this kind of activity. You know, the, the mind is, is relating to them as things and then trying to become them. It's fascinating to watch. So what if we try a, another approach? You know, what, what if um, we, we come uh, at it from a, a completely different perspective? You know, and, and I've come to see uh, mindfulness, and just, just try this a little bit, you know. Come to see mindfulness and concentration as maybe perhaps something that is an experience that I'm trying to uh, find and settle into relax into, if you will, you know, and feel that. That's very different than this setup of something that is out there on the horizon that I am moving towards and trying to become. It's all in some future time, (laughs) you know? But what if it's like right here? And my task as a meditator is to sit quietly. You know, we've got all the setups. We've got the quiet. We've got the... uh, closed eyes and looking within and just seeing, okay, no, it's in here somewhere. (laughs) What does it feel like? What does it feel like to drop into this? So um, if that's the case, just to consider that it's it's experiences that we're trying to um, settle into, then that that does seem to suggest or imply that there's something in the way. You know, there's something in the way of doing that. And, and our job is to see what's in the way <laughs> and to, to find a way to either drop it or manage it somehow or maneuver around it, you know, so that I can relax and know what's going on, know what's happening. So with this new way of, of looking at it for me, you know, I, it started to change and what, what uh, I called concentration, you know, it ceased to be held as something that I'm trying to activate or trying to develop or even, or trying to make happen somehow, but rather became something that was infinitely more accessible than I was making it. You know, it was in, in many respects, it was just a breath away. You know, I could feel all blah, 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 just all over the place, scattered and blah, 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 and just go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, take a deep breath. A nice, long, slow inhale. A nice, long, slow exhale. And maybe another one if I needed it, you know. And suddenly, it was like, oh, bleh. <laughs> you know, that, oh, oh, I see, I see what we're talking about here. This is, this is a very different state. It's not an altered state. That was the altered state, <laughs> you know. This is the relaxed one that's... Uh, it can hold that state, is present with it. And then you know, one began to see what, that what, I, what I was calling uh, mindfulness, which, which is this thing that I'm trying to make happen again, then this can be experienced much more as that knowing, that, that um, amazing quality that comes with the territory of being a human being. You know, you got born, you got issued knowing, <laughs> 
It, it, it's part of the apparatus. There's this, there's this quality of knowing awareness that's there. And look, look and see, it, it's there right now. It, it's kind of, granted, it, it can feel pretty weak sometimes because we're so preoccupied with what's known. <laughs> we're preoccupied with the objects of that knowing. But this quality that is aware of what's happening, um, it, it's there. And it's, it's, you, know, you sort of feel it like it's in the booth in the back in the corner in the dark somehow. You know, it's, it's just that quiet little thing. And sometimes I feel like I have to almost whisper just to access it. But it's there, isn't it? There's this knowing. And, and so we relax and, and, and try to um, be with life through that knowing awareness. So if, if we hold it in a way that says, you know, find it and settle into it, uh, it can be felt in, infinitely more softly. You know, I love this. It's like, it, it, I don't know about you, but when it's, hold it this way, practice just becomes something that's, um, it's so pleasant. <laughs> I don't know about you, but, but practice wasn't always pleasant for me <laughs> for, for, for many years, you know. And it's a lot easier to experience it this way. Uh, the setup of having an idea about it and trying to become that, that's the setup for the battle. That's the setup for the, the struggle. And so what we're trying to do here is lose the struggle, lose that battle. And, and meditation can be so much more easeful and, and relaxed. So again, just stop trying to become it and, and just uh, instead look for the experience and, and relax into it. And just play with that a little bit and see, you know, ultimately what we want to do is know what these experiences are. Because it really what, what's a big player here is uh, that direct knowledge, that direct experience um, is, is so attractive. You know, the, the mind gets a taste for concentration. It gets a taste for mindfulness and it starts to lean that way more quite naturally and quite organically because it is so much better than being out to lunch. You know? It just feels very good. And so you're using this feeling apparatus that we're also hardwired with uh, to move us uh, in the direction of where we need to be. So that's one thing. Uh, and here's another one that's, it, it is related. And, and it's, it's trying to, um, you know, places where you can get a direct experience of sati. Um, uh, one of the things that I, I have found uh, helpful, particularly with, uh, with mindfulness, is to notice those moments where we've been out to lunch, yeah? And, and then something happens and you snap out of it. You know those? How many, how many times a day does that happen? Maybe we've been lost in a fant- fantasy or a vendetta or just some memory or some thoughts about something and just gone and uh, lost uh, for, for a little while. But suddenly and, and uh, spontaneously, we snap out of it, right? Well, that moment right there is a very rich moment. <laughs> that's, that's a moment that I would just really encourage us to shine the spotlight on and, and uh, get, get a good hit of what, what just happened there. Because this is a moment that is filled with this kind of clear seeing and knowing. At least it has the, the potential to be that. Um, and and uh, mindfulness, it, it, it's, it's certainly filled with awareness and mindfulness. But mindfulness also has this quality. You may have heard it said that part of the, um, uh, it's sort of a translation issue, but some, sometimes people refer to it as kind of like a remembering. It's like a re- almost like a remembering yourself, you know, remembering to be here. Uh, and, and so this moment where you snap out of the reverie, snap out of the delusion, you know, may well be one of the strongest experiences of mindfulness that we have in any given day. You know, we, we, we have remembered to be here, even just for a second. And, and that is actually uh, proceeding from um, 
all of us as, as practitioners, we have made the determination to practice. That determination is very powerful. And that's, that's the player that's giving rise to this memory that keeps coming back. Yeah? One of the players, anyway. So something keeps coming back. It's snapping us out of delusion and uh, at least uh, helping us to be here even if only for a few seconds, you know? So um, every now and then we have that happy experience (laughs) of just remembering what we're doing, remembering uh, to be here. And right there, um, that moment, uh, I'm saying, needs to be seen and felt. Uh, Give it all you got, in a way. (laughs) You know, relax into this presence of mind. Uh, It's like one of those moments where you forgot to be a self. forgot to have something to say about it. You forgot to do something with it. There's these few brief moments before the mind picks something else up, isn't there? Yeah. Very, very rich. Uh, so what you do with that moment is of supreme importance. And I have found it very, very helpful to linger there, if you can. You know, just to kind of hold that moment uh, for a few extra seconds uh, and, and let it register. What's it like to be here? Let that really register. And interestingly, there's, a, there's almost like a, a phantom recollection of what it was like to be lost, too, in that moment. There's like a little residue of that. And I've, I like to play with it and just kind of uh, go back into that <laughs> and then come back. I go back into it. It's like, nah, Ah. <laughs> it's like that, isn't it? It's like, ah, lost in some delicious thing, you know, lost in some vendetta, you know, and then, and then you're back, yeah? And, and like, this is, this is very important to dish up to the mind. It, it needs to register and to really um, take in these uh, moments because what you're actually observing very directly is what it's like to be completely out to lunch and what it's like to be here. And this is the, this is the information this, this mind needs. You know, and as I say, even play with it. This is, a, this is a, a key player in remembering wakefulness. <laughs> you know, because it's, you're going to get a hit of that. Uh, and, and I've even done some things like to, to help me with it, which is um, I just coined this little... Uh, a thing in my mind that goes, I'm back. <laughs> and it goes, ooh, you know, it, 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 there's a, there's some, it's kind of like a cue to take in what being back is like. Yeah? What it feels like. But, you know, it's, it's hard to do sometimes because the habit, and you may have seen this, maybe you haven't, uh, but uh, I suspect we all have, the habit of the mind, when we've been lost and we come back, is to almost immediately start beating up on ourselves for having done that, you know? Where have you been, you know? Or else there's a mad scramble to go, okay, what, now what do I do? Well, now what do I do? Okay, I'm back, you know? And you don't know whether you should, should I go to the breath? Should I, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do some metta? What do I do? What do I do? You know, I'm here. And then we're off in something, right? <laughs> So just to hold it and, and get, like, milk it. <laughs> get, take everything that we can out of this moment. We, we, uh, we want to see that, so that the mind will compare. You know, it's, it's, it's doing this a lot in practice. It's going, oh, there's that, and then there's that. There's that, and then there's that. And, and it, it, it sort of, it, it, it figures it out. <laughs> it sorts things out. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, there's actually a lot that's going on in this. Uh, there's a lot a lot of meditation is doing just this. You know, we may not know that. We may not realize that that's what uh, meditation is about. But I, I think the the whole system is really hardwired for freedom. But and it tweaks itself through just these kinds of moments. You know, but you got to get the this these ideas and notions and this uh, the meditator. You've got to get the meditator off your back <laughs> to be able to hold these moments as skillfully as they can possibly be held.
So that's one to play with, and uh, maybe you'll find something useful in there. So here's, a, here's another one that uh, comes up a lot. Um, people often report uh, frustration in, in practice because, uh, I mean, we're working so hard at it, you know? And, I mean, how many, how many hours have, have you spent on the cushion? You know, I once tried to calculate that, you know? It's just a massive amount of time on the cushion. I mean, I heard that one story about 10,000 hours. It takes 10,000 hours to make, to, to rewire the nervous system. You know, so I tried to calculate. Have I put in 10,000 hours yet? You know, <laughs> it would be nice if I had and things are really going to start shifting here, you know. But, uh, you know, whether it's that or how many retreats have we gone on? How many times have we managed and maneuvered our life to be able to come and do this kind of thing like we're doing here? Yet, even with all that, so we can have a certain amount of confidence that we're on the right path with that, but even with all of that, there can, there can be a lingering sense that um, not a lot is happening, or, or that not much is happening. And one can have this <coughs> lingering feeling, like, you know, wondering if we're getting anywhere. You know, is any of this paying off? Is this all this time I've put into this uh, going to... Uh, realize some real fruits at some point? Now, now, first, if, if you ever have those kinds of thoughts, the, the, the first thing to consider is, is the, the source of that kind of evaluation. <laughs> I get the biggest kick out of this mind sometimes, you know? Uh, you know you've, you've all seen the kind of junk that goes on in it, right? It's like this one you know, regurgitating all kinds of the poo, one moment after another, just endlessly, seemingly, you know. And so, you know, you have to ask yourself, am I going to trust an evaluation about how well it's going, coming from that mind? (laughs) You know? (laughs) It's like, no way, Jose, you know? It's, 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 It's too important. It's too important. You know, if you, if, if you follow these kinds of thoughts, then, you know, you, you end up, you know, now you feel good because you think it's going well. Now you don't feel good because you think it's going badly. And, you know, if we're not careful, we can spend years in these kinds of superficial evaluations, literally anticipating doing better and beating up on ourselves for the way that it's going. You know, and just, just to encourage us, just drop that whole mess. It's an absolutely useless enterprise to constantly be evaluating how it's going. And just, just to encourage us not, not to worry how it's going. And, 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 and to um, say unequivocally, there is much more going on in your practice than you think. <laughs> I guarantee you, if you don't believe anything else I say, there's much more being shifted and discovered and awakened to. Uh, first of all, we aren't following every impulse. You know, it can feel as though we are, but we're not. You know, know that and trust that. Uh, and, and enough of us is noticing. It's like, you know, you can all, often have this feeling like this little... I like to think of it as a wise owl sitting on my white shoulder, my right shoulder here just kind of looking. You know, enough of me is in that owl looking on than not, you know. And, and to, to, to have this um, sense of, of taking in information. Um, I'm watching. There is a watching going on. And it's very, very powerful. And probably more than you might think uh, is actually happening. So, so think of it this way, you know. It, it's as if... Uh, the mind is sitting here, hour after hour, you know, day after day, maybe even year after year, collecting data. That's what it's doing. That's what we are as meditators. We're data collectors. <laughs> and and uh, the less critical we are, the more kind and open-hearted we are in the process of that data collection, the better. 
So that puts a, the onus on us to get, get that kindness operative, up and running. Lose the judgment, get the equanimity in there, get that up and running. Because this data, you know, basically, well, the way I see it, and this is just my language, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to get that data as clean as I can possibly get it. I want, I want some really good, clean data as to what's going on here. Yeah? And this is it's fascinating and, and very fortunate because this mind has an innate interest. You know, it, it has... Look and see. It, it's, it's interested. It, 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 it tends to try to figure things out. And we're hardwired with that. Yeah? So, and, and, and it's doing that all the time. I mean, just look and see. I mean, I was watching the other day when we, when we had the linguine and the tofu balls and the spaghetti sauce, you know, and there was something when I was eating that, there was some taste that just went, woo, you know, and I paused for the moment and I go, well, what was that? What was that? Was that basil? Was that fennel? What was that? What a brilliant ingredient. Who put that in there? That was great. But my mind was like sort of going, what is it? What is it? Yeah? And this, this mind is doing that like so much of the time. And sometimes over inane little things like it might be looking at the floorboards and seeing how they laid them or some that design and the tanka, you know, and trying to sort out... Uh, uh, what the pattern is. It, the mind likes patterns. It likes to figure things out. And so it's doing that uh, a lot of the time. Right? And so as meditators, w- w- basically, I mean, one of the ways I see it is that we're capitalizing on that. <laughs> we want to, that's, that's innate. That's an instinctive uh, habit of this mind. And we want to use it. We want to use it very well, but without directing it. You know, it's like without this sense of self getting in there trying to manage it, but just get out of the way and let it do it. it, it it's doing it. It does it itself. And that's where I say the data is significant. Give it the data that it needs and this mind will sort it out. <laughs> and, and, and it'll take us all the way to freedom. It'll take this data and... Um, sorted out at very uh, subterranean levels. Like sometimes you don't even know you're doing it, do you? You don't even know you're doing it. And yet some, oh, one day you'll wake up and you're seeing things very clearly and very differently than um, even just the day before. So e- even though it may feel as though not much is happening, I guarantee you there's a lot going on in this whole process of waking up, and it's, it's operating here, you know, at these nonverbal, subterranean, uh, often very unconscious levels. And, and I'll tell you a story about this that happened in my own practice, and some of you, I'm sure, have heard, may have heard this story, and please forgive me if you have, but it's just so apropos to what I'm talking about here. And it, it happened uh, a number of years ago when I was um, in uh, uh, at IMS. I was uh, actually a long. Uh, this was during the long-term yogi practice where uh, I was there, um, you know, through the years. And and uh, retreats were coming and going, but that meant that lots of times in between retreats, there was nobody else there, or one or two other yogis. Uh, you know, we, we had the place to ourselves pretty much in, in between retreats. And so there it was. It was um, spring and uh, it was fly season. And although the staff do everything they can to keep the, the critters out, whether it's roaches or flies or, or mice or whatever, you know, this, this uh, particular um, feisty little fly got into the hall. <laughs> And uh, what I didn't know at the time was that um, flies sort of um, see through infrared. And so they're going to go for the warmest spot, you know. And if you're the only human being in the Dhamma Hall (laughs) and your body temperature is 98.6, you know, they're going to find you. (laughs) 
So there I am, sitting quietly in the hall, and minding my own business, you know, and up comes this fly. And it starts buzzing and buzzing and buzzing around my head. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah I, can, I can take it, you know. And, and just kind of biding my time a little bit, but it wouldn't quit. And, and it's going on and on, and it's buzzing and buzzing. And I'm like, oh, I hate this, go away. And then it wasn't just buzzing. You know, it was like landing, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm sitting there trying to be so mindful and trying to be so loving and kind. And, and I, I've got to endure the, the pitter-patter of little fly feet on my cheek, you know, and all the little tickles and the sensations that are, go along with this, you know. <laughs> and, and, oh, I tried everything. I, first of all, it was like, you know, just complete aversion, get the blankets, you know, put, I had this big wool blanket and I put it over my head and then, you know, you do that and it gets really hot in there, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you're breathing your own stale air, you know, and so that, that didn't work, that had to go. And then back comes the fly and, and it was just, it, it, it seemed like it's, sole ambition in life was to torment me, you know. <laughs> and so I kept, I kept trying these different things, you know. <sighs> may you be happy, may you be peaceful, may you be free, go away, you know, or I love you, I love you, I love you, I know, oh, I know, I just, oh, you're just a little fly. And I tried everything to, to try to stop being irritated by this thing, you know, but it, it was relentless. And I was just as relentless in my not knowing, you know. And, and, and uh, so I, I tried all different things. And I endured and I had amazing stamina just to stay with it. Tried loving kindness, try this, try that, try putting your mind on something else. All of these wonderful things that the Buddha says, you know. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to be able to tell you that I had this massive insight, but I didn't. You know, it was it was just uh, fly season ended, and uh, the the fly went away, and uh, I didn't have to go through that anymore. You know, but that that wasn't the point. The, the point was that something that happened way later, right? And again, I'm sitting in the hall, minding my own business, and quietly uh, meditating. And off in the distance, I hear this. Bzz, bzz, and, and it was outside, and it was far away. And, it, you know, my mind just figured out that it was the sound of somebody using a chainsaw. Yeah? And they were cutting down trees over by the pond or something. And, and I had this thought, I thought, wow, that's the exact same sound that fly made back spring. Yeah? Kind of neutral response, fair enough. Just a comparing thing. And then uh, a little while later, there was this little uh, tickle in my cheek. <laughs> just happening uh, of its own accord. You know, the body constricts and it has these little sensations every now and then, doesn't it? Nothing's happening, there's no, nothing touching you, no fly, nothing. But uh, the body is doing this. And then uh, I, I thought, wow, that's, a, that's that same sensation that happened with the fly the little pitter-patter of, of five feet. And, and, and there was this moment, this, this, this realization, like the, there was no comment, no reaction, nothing about the sound and the sensation. Nothing going on in my mind about it. It was all very neutral. It was very impersonal because it wasn't the fly. You know, it was just the, just the, the sound and the sensation. And in that moment, my mind actually saw for the very first time that all of my suffering in that previous experience was the attachment. It wasn't the sound. It wasn't the sensation. It was the way I was relating to all of that. You know, this mind took these two events that were months apart and, and it put them together. And it came, I'm getting goosebumps, it, it came out with this incredible realization, which, you know, was the first time I ever really, really saw that um, all of my suffering has only been, ever has been, from the way that I've been reacting to things. 
It's not in the conditions. <laughs> not in the conditions themselves, but in the way that I was receiving them and holding them. And that went so deep, <laughs> you know, that it, it, it was very powerful and, and transformative for me. I mean, this is months of practice, but it was rich, man. It was so, so powerful. So that, 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 the, that's possible because I had been practicing with it. So my point being, it's a long way to saying, you know, but my, my point being that it's about hanging in there. It's about having the stamina, uh, the endurance to stay with it and to keep looking and to keep collecting that data. And, and even though sometimes it feels like it's not going anywhere, or nothing is happening, you know, and we can get, we can feel so defeated by this. Just uh, try not to judge any of it and and trust, um, because this is actually how waking up happens. (laughs) You know, and and it it strikes me and has, has struck me over and over again through the years of practice, how these insights come in the most ordinary experiences. It's just everyday stuff. Where you least expect it. You're not looking for it. And so this is also a thought, a a reminder to stop wondering, when am I going to have insight? When am I going to have insight? You know, I want to see Anicca Dukkarnata. I want to see all all this kind of stuff. And, 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 uh, And trust that these are the insights of insight meditation. This is the stuff. I mean, it's that too, and that comes. But, uh, you know, th- these transformative moments where you suddenly, the mind suddenly sees how a thought is arising and the thought uh, has content that alludes to the past, but you suddenly realize that this is a thought happening now. There isn't any past. It's all happening right here, right now, you know. <laughs> This is fabulous stuff. It's, 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 the, it's the goosebump stuff of practice. So, so the effort is to just pay attention and keep looking and trust the process enough to um, keep taking in this, the, the, the data and, and know that more is happening than, than we think. Uh, we don't know when the mind is going to put things together. You don't know when it's going to happen, but it does. And that the practice is bearing fruit. And, and, and little by little, uh, over the years, don't you see that you're better for the time you've put in? You know, we're all better for the uh, practice that we've done here. And uh, just uh, so many of the insights come in the back door. <laughs> They come in in ways that we don't expect it. So it's like that. It's very subtle stuff. So our, our task is to just have faith and to, to keep staying with it. Yeah? Again, much more is happening than we may realize. So one more. And, uh, this is a very common um, experience that meditators report and it can be frustrating, too. And, and it's this sense that um, uh, it, people often report it kind of like this. I think I'm seeing things. You know, I'm, I'm kind of sort of vaguely looking, you know. It's like, I'm, I, that it's this feeling that, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I think I'm here. But, but I'm sort of half here and half not. You know that feeling? Another very common feeling. Uh, and, and if you can feel that, just even saying it, there's a little bit of a whine in there, you know? Like it's not okay to be half here and half not. Uh, and uh, and if, if you've ever felt that, I just want to encourage a kind of a reframe of that, especially if there's a whine in there. Uh, and that's that half is good. <laughs> Half is very good. And considering the condition of, of not having been awake, you know, half here is, is really, really good. 
<laughs> and, and to find some joy in that, to be uh, happy about that, be, be content with that. You know, of course we're only half here. We're, we're not, we haven't been, we're not awake. <laughs> we're doing the best we can, right? And, and so just being able to see it in this uh, open-hearted way, uh, and, and it, that's, that's half of the freedom. And it has a very calming effect. You know, it's like, oh, well, it's okay, you know, I'm half here. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll be three quarters here, you know. Be happy and be with it. Uh, be a little bit free. And, and it helps to, to recognize that, that the, the mind tends to look at uh, what it thinks is wrong. And this is actually proceeding from a, a lack of insight into dukkha. That, that's, you know, as, as our insight into dukkha grows, then the, the, this happens less and less. Um, but we, 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 we don't really fully realize that, that life is difficult, <laughs> you know, and that, that practice itself is going to be difficult at times. And uh, so that when it's difficult, uh, we pounce. That, that's, that's, that's proceeding from that lack of insight. So it's not always easy, and there's lots of suffering in it. And we, we just want to know that, and, and in a way, make peace with it. And I, I love Pema Chodron, and she has this great way of characterizing this. She calls it this in-between place. And that is so apt, it so, so says it. Uh, it, what it. What it is, it's like, um, it, it, it's, it's sort of like, where you're awake enough to, to see the hindrances, to see how you get caught in them, uh, to see all of that kind of thing, and, and yet not awake enough to stop doing it. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, she, has a, she, said, she, has, she says, you've you got to adapt a different attitude about that, that um, it's actually uh, right where you want to be. It's better than not knowing and so this is an improvement. It may not feel like it, but this is an improvement. And, and she, she takes it a step further, though. And, and she says, um, get used to it. <laughs> and I love that. that was, that's been one of the biggest helpful sort of encouragements uh, in the years of practice. Just get used to it. You know, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Can you feel the struggle leave? the battle, uh, dissipate, if we just go, oh, oh, okay, I got it. And, and, and don't, the idea is not to leave because it's unpleasant, because it's difficult at times. You know, we want to be able to stay with the muddle, uh, stay with it when it's um, difficult. And this is a marvelous process that we're, we're in the middle of, and what's happening is this, the, the entire system is moving from uh, ignorance to awakening. You know, it's moving along this continuum. You, you have to know that that is a process that is not going to be pleasant all the time. <laughs> you know, just let that in and, and make peace with that. Uh, and we want to know that. Uh, but nobody likes confusion. Nobody likes not knowing. You know, but uh, it's like that for us as unawake human beings. We, we get confused. We don't know. But the last thing we want to do is demand to know when we don't know. You can feel the battle. Just relax into it. Dare to relax into um, looking at the muddle. <laughs> It's actually very interesting, isn't it? And often very entertaining. <laughs> so just have the courage to stay with it and stay with um, working with these moods in the mind. And one of the biggest allies that we have in this process is kindness. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I've sort of get this sense over the years that I'm becoming a kinder person because I have to, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work without it. You have to get more compassionate, you have to. You have to get more equanimous. It, it, 
You're not going to be able to see without it. And so the mind begins to uh, just move in that direction. So just uh, finally, um, one last point, uh, and this is uh, something we can see ourselves do. We, there's, a, there's a tendency to, to do the practice. You know, me, I'm the meditator in here. I've got to go somewhere and do my practice. That's my job. I'm, I'm the doer of the practice. And, and just to encourage us to kind of lose the meditator, you know, just get rid of it. it it's, it's like trust that the practice is something that unfolds. It's an unfolding. It happens uh, of its own accord. It's operating according to its own laws. It's following its own rules. You know, and, and, and we often say this about practice and this process of waking up. That's a very organic thing. You can't force it. You can't make yourself be awake when you're not. You know, you just have to put in the time and do the work and trust that this whole system is hardwired for this process and just learn how to use it and um, uh, let it take us where it's going to take us. You know, I alluded to this earlier in the week, this wonderful sutta from the Samyutta Nikaya where the Buddha compares this. He's encouraging us just to stop worrying. Don't keep looking and trying to figure out where you are, but just to let it go. And he used this, this simile of a carpenter's tool where this carpenter uses this tool so frequently, so much, that the handle is literally being worn away. And, um, you know, it's got even his uh, fingerprints in the handle, grip, the wooden handle. Uh, And and, uh, he says that, um, you know, that you won't know as you practice, you won't know on any given day how much is worn away, how much was worn away yesterday, how much is being worn away today, how much will be worn away tomorrow. But you will know when the wearing away has reached its limit. And that, that's that, those wonderful moments that you see so frequently in the suttas where you, you hear that victory cry of the arhats. <laughs> you know, done is what had to be done. <laughs> this mind is free. Yeah? So may it be so for us all. And uh, <laughs> I hope that some of this, uh, this is useful uh, to help us uh, as we practice here, both at the Forest Refuge and, and in our lives. And I just want to encourage you and uh, affirm that everyone in here is right on track. <laughs> you know, you, we're uh, on track, moving along in just the way that we need to be moving along. Know that the practice is proceeding uh, on course. And uh, there's no other place for it to go <laughs> than to, to freedom. So may it be so. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.